What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I wanted to just throw this in in the beginning. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. That really helps our numbers. Check out the merch store at brennantcomedy.com slash merch store to get your ex-drinking buddy merch. And if you really want to, subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash brennantassif. That really helps me out. Thank you so much. Enjoy the episode. Grab me a beer and grab him a coat. We about to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he didn't sober up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brandon Tess, if your ex drinking buddy. There's gonna be a graphic there. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif. If you're new to the show, quick rundown of the show. I used to be everyone's favorite drinking buddy. It was my favorite thing to do, hang out with friends, get drunk, do drugs, get in all sorts of trouble, and then reminisce about those crazy stories. I am sober now, but that is still one of my favorite things to do, hang out and reminisce about the crazy old days. Most weeks I will be joined by a guest. This week is no exception. All the way from down the street in New York City, Carly Polistina. Hello. What's up? Not much. How's it going? Good. You're now the second person to do the in-home studio. It's been a very interesting ride, but I appreciate you coming all the way out. Yeah, it's it was a long 10-minute walk. Yeah. I, uh, we, I, was, I forgot that you live right down the street, and so I texted you, and I was like, I hope she's on time. Like, people are, comics are notoriously late. I was like, fuck. And then I went downstairs to smoke, and literally right at 10.59, you were walking up like, hey, and I was like... <laughs> Oh, yeah, she lives down the street. It's true. I also have a way of, uh, I like being exactly on time because I never want to be too, too early. So I'll show up to somewhere like over half an hour early and I'll just walk in circles till it's an appropriate time. Anxiety. <laughs> it's crippling. It's so crippling. Ta-da. But now we're on time. I'm on time for the for this exciting podcast. I'm very uh, excited. Plug everything up front. Uh, your social media, anything you got coming up, because I know you also act and do all the fun stuff. So let everybody know where they can find you. That's true. Uh, you can find me at Carly Palestina on all of the things. It's just P-O-L-I-S-T-I-N-A um, because people will say Palestino for no reason. It's not Palestino. almost a force of habit. It I really is. I triple checked it like three times. <laughs> and then when you came in, I asked you, I was like, Tina? And you were like, yeah. Exactly. It's Palestina and that's it everywhere. And then I do a lot of like impression videos and stuff too. And then I also host a podcast, co-host a podcast uh, called uh, GPS. And we have a live show um, coming up at Westside Comedy Club on May 1st. And that's monthly every Monday. So let's be a bang What's up GPS time. about? GPS is a social navigation podcast where my friend and I, we just talk about different social situations and how one would navigate them. Oh, so kind of like this. Yeah, similar. In- with stories about social situations. Yes, exactly. So on this show, they normally go terribly, terribly wrong or incredibly well. I have noticed doing this and it's a bit you've heard a million times on stage, but like in AA, people always go, oh, my worst day sober is better than my best day drunk. <laughs> and I always think what a bunch of losers like I had great days drunk. But in doing the show now for years and having over almost 200 guests on, I realized, oh, when I tell people drinking stories or drug stories, it's almost always negative. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, maybe they're right in AA. Like maybe it is bad to drink all the time. <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask you because you had an interesting trajectory to how we met. We met at Drew Tessier, friend of the show's open mics. 
And it's weird because I've invited some of those comics on to do the show. And some of them are like, oh, I have like a real job. Like, I can't do the show. And then I invited you and you were like, hell yeah, I'm super. Let's do it. Let's rock and roll. So how did you get into comedy? Because on stage you talk a lot about your acting school and stuff like that, which I want to get into because it's hilarious. But how did you even get to stand up? Um, I got to stand up because back in acting school, like I'm a pretty... I'm a pretty awkward gal in, I think, a fun way. I, th- I Yeah, I don't think that's right. You're like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty awkward. <laughs> as you, like, play with the mic cord and, like, look down at your feet. No, you, not at all. Me, never. It's actually funny because people hear me talk about it on stage. And it's like, oh, but you seem pretty, like, confident up there. And then they'll see me do real life. And they're like, oh, you're exactly who you say you are. I'm like, yeah, like, I don't know what part of this you thought I was making up. It's the best, especially if you get on stage with confidence and people. Because, you know, you have to have stage presence. Yeah. And and so you do that. And then like I always get off stage and I go stand in a corner or I'll go outside and smoke by myself. And people are always like, you seem like like your stage presence is so like, ah, ah, ah. And I go, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the micro. That's the state. That's that. Like yeah. in real life. And it's even on the podcast. I've gotten comfortable with it. But in real life social situations, I just sit. I go to the stand constantly and just sit alone at the bar. If like none of my close friends are there, I just sit by myself and drink water. Hoping to God someone I know walks in or else I'm like, I should move back. I should quit. Like, this is bad. Yeah. But I just don't like, I don't like doing that. So you moved to, are you from New York? I am from outside of New York. So I was in, um, I grew up in Porchester and then we moved to Greenwich. So that's kind of where, which is like Westchester in Connecticut. But okay. like, All right. So you've yeah. always been a Northeast gal, as yes. it were. Northeast gal through and through. So- Awkward gal, Northeast gal. I'm just a gal in all senses <laughs> of the term. Not a spinster. We've learned this. Not a sp- Actually, I am. You're aging out of your spinsterhood. I, yeah. This is the my final year of spinsterhood. Go see Carly live and she will tell you all about spinsterhood. That's true. You're I bringing can tell it you back. <laughs> it's... You- I'm going to say this, and I know you probably hate hearing it, but your sets are also some, most of the time, I was going to say some of the time, but most of the time, very educational. Oh, thank you so you much. I'm so glad. The, the origin of curse words, which is hilarious, and then the spinsterhood thing, which was mind-blowing, because I always thought it was an old lady with cats, and you're like, no, it's 23 to 26. Yes, unmarried. exactly. It's crazy. I know, and I was actually, I was talking. Child bride. <laughs> I'm not going to butcher it, but you... Moved to the city because of acting? I moved to the city, uh, yeah, because of act. I was also doing stand-up by the time I was moving to the city. Oh, so, really? Yes. So you didn't go to acting school here? No, I didn't. Okay, I went where to, did you go? I went to UConn up in Stores, Connecticut. Yeah, yeah, everyone knows uh, UConn. They just won the national championship. Yes, they did. Roll skis. Uh, but Is the, that the thing? Yeah, I think so. I hope I got it right. If I got it wrong, that's embarrassing. It's like the first year I followed <laughs> it. Yeah, it's really bad. It's uh, truly awful. <laughs> um, but no, we did win. It was very exciting. Um, you don't seem like a sports person. I'm not. But this year I got competitive about it because we won. You yeah, know? And absolutely. I was like, yeah, here we go. What was I'm going to do this a lot. I do this with all my guests because I love comedy so much. I like love watching sets, but what is the, I don't like to, I don't want to have a boyfriend because then they'll say things like, let's go watch the game. Oh, yeah. You said that on stage. I did say that on now stage. Now we're talking about the Yukon Huskies winning the national championship. That's true. But that's like really the only game that I was like texting friends and I was like, hey, when are we going to watch the game? Like that. That's like the that, only time that's ever it's happened. It's the only time that's ever happened. Like I really took in my own way. I was like, oh yeah, are you guys watching the game? Like I'll come and they're like, okay, sure. We're watching the game. The game. Like, because <laughs> it's the only one truly. Yeah. 
<laughs> that was the only one that was on. Uh, so you go to UConn, and then when you get there, like through high school, are you like, oh, I'm going to act? Was that a thing? Yes. I had been acting my... Um, Don't mind me. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I had been acting for, like, really forever. Like, that was the thing, like, through childhood, like, high school call it like the whole time like I still am an actor now um, do you remember what got you into it um I did a show in like third grade like I was always kind of I was doing community theater a lot um was it your parents that kind of pushed you into it or were you like I want to try this or I the guess, reason I ask yeah. is because when I was a kid I had like this nagging need for attention <laughs> so my parents were like He's got to do so, like we can't deal with this. And so yeah. they put me into like plays and stuff because they were like, if you have to have this much attention, like we're not because my parents have four kids. So they're like, we're not we can't focus all this on you. So then they pushed me into acting. And it's interesting. I've talked about it before, but doing that in Florida, nobody cares once you hit like 23. But then I moved to New York and I go, oh, yes, I, I'm a stage actor. Like I have a history in stage acting because New York is one of the only places in the world where you could have done something as a child and then you use it as a credit moving forward. Yeah, no, exactly. And it's like as a kid, I it really wasn't my parents pushing me into it. It was literally just in the slew of like signing, like being like, ah, hey, you know, just do this play. Why not? Like yeah. I did, I did the Nutcracker at SUNY Purchase for a while. And like, I d I'm not a good dancer. I should never, no one should let me. I think from the moment you meet me, you're like, this is not there's a no way this person there's, dances. There's no there's way, no this, way this gal dances. There's no way this gal dances. Um, But I did, like I danced for, d danced, air quotes, important, um, for like a while. And um. That not even not even a while, but like I just really got involved in like community theater, and I was also always just I just had really creative friends too. So mm -hmm. I was from a very young age, I was always writing like stories and plays. Like I really also always just wanted to be a writer. Yeah. Um, and so that was very big. Like you found this, and I always just had a very weird old person vocabulary at a very young age. <laughs> like there's <laughs> there's this book I wrote when I was in first grade. We found this one of book I wrote when I was in first grade. <laughs> Like it's not it does is is what it sounds like. That's not a flex. But in one part, no, they actually this might be a different one. I'm a, I was a strange child, but then then it didn't change. I, I was gonna say strange adult too. Strange adult too. Those like are the best kind. Exactly. And then um the like there's one where I described myself and I was writing it just goes I am a pinch bold and I'm like what does that mean from a child, but I think that's fair. But yeah, I think I got in with community theater. I was always writing plays and stuff and like forcing my family and friends to be in them. And my friends were also in them and doing plays. And then also I was always just listening to like audiobooks and stuff. And I really think that's a big thing that got me into acting in a okay. lot of ways. Um, just because like hearing the stories and listening to the characters and kind of kind of experiencing more of that world um is what got me into like I really think that's what started me in it because it never came from being like oh like I want to try this or I want to be like on screen because I wasn't really allowed to like watch a lot most tv you or, were like, not no okay um strict parents yes but okay. the thing is like I don't know I've realized more they won't think they're strict and I didn't really think they were that strict at the time, but it's more looking back. It's like, oh, no, no, they were strict. I just wasn't cool, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I think that. Trust me, I know exactly what you mean. Through most of high school, I was, like, straight edge. Uh-huh. And so I never did, I never did anything. So like, I remember, cause I'm, like I said, one of four and my, everyone else in my family is super popular. Like my older brother 
his nickname was like massive tassive like he was the fucking man and then my older sister is very very pretty and my twin sister was like a lot of fun and she's also very pretty so they always had so many friends and i remember them like literally like yelling at my parents like why can't i stay out later this is crazy like i'm gonna be 18 next year and i have to be home at midnight and i just remember being in my room thinking like why would you like playing video games like why would you want to stay out till midnight that's so stupid who stays out till midnight because like i never even thought about it and then so same kind of thing was i guess at that point because i was me and my twin are the youngest at that point like my parents had laxed on the rules but i just didn't find any reason to take advantage if not try to manipulate that the rules because i was like oh i don't do any of this stuff anyway so it's a very similar thing where people are like god your parents were so strict and i was just like like not to me but in general where it's like oh you can only stay out till 10 and it's like yeah but i never stayed out till 10 like, yeah I didn't, exactly I like why would i be out that late? like that's dangerous <laughs> the only time it bit me in the butt was prom because and this wasn't even a thing because I still at that point wasn't drinking. Mm -hmm. So I remember I went to a, a hotel party for prom with my date at the time. And I was just like, OK, guys, got to go. And they're like, it's 1030. I go, yeah, she has to be home by 11. Like, and I can't drive after 11 because I was young for my yeah. grade. It's like, I'm 16. I'm not allowed to be out past 11. That's what it says on the license. And they were like, are you fucking nerd? <laughs> and that was my prom experience. Went to prom, went to the hotel party for like 20 minutes and then left. And to me, I was like, yeah, that was great. Yeah, perfect. Check. Yeah. And I hear these stories and watch these movies and I go, oh, I'm a nerd, <laughs> dude. So with you, like you said, you didn't realize your parents were strict because you weren't doing those things like going out and partying. You were writing plays and books and things like that. <laughs> so when <laughs> when like you all the cool kids. <laughs> decided to go to college, that was a thing I'm assuming like with most families, it's like, no, you go to high school, then you go to college. Were you like when you were going to UConn, were you like, all right, I'm going to. Because UConn's a big school. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of parties and stuff. But were you like, I'm going to go for acting? I, yes. I, because they were, they're like a BFA program. So I auditioned. Bachelor of Fine it. Arts for the Uninitiated. Yeah, which is such, it sounds obnoxious to be like, actually, it was a BFA thing. But just like for the relevance of this conversation. But like we it's, are initiated. Yeah. <laughs> but the, um, it, the program is actually, it's a huge school. But that program, at the time at least, because it's gone through a lot of changes also with like the pandemic and everything. Yeah. But was the smallest program in the Northeast. And we only had... Oh, at, and this is a big school, but it was the smallest BFA program for... Yeah, like we had 11 people that came into our class and we graduated with nine. Really? Yes. And what was it that they said as soon as you got there? Oh, the first, th first I, class... I, 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 that was hacky. I teed you up, but that You did it. it you, but like, it's worth it. The first I thing... I ruined it by saying that. Our first... <laughs> when our first class ever, Daddy. our movement teacher sat us down, who's a lovely, lovely woman, and I love her so much, yay. But she <laughs> it was like, you guys are a family, and families don't sleep together. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> like, that's just how it's, and that is sets the tone for like all of what acting school is, because we were all sitting there, 18, a few people 19, just kind of quietly nodding at each other like of course yes, yes. this this makes so much this sense. makes a perfect amount of sense was everyone in the school it's so weird to have 11 kids in the whole school because obviously in college you have certain there's the university and then you have subsets which are the schools yeah and then you have the majors within those schools so is everyone in the the bfa program similar to you in the sense of the anxiety and kind of the like nerdiness for lack of a better term or are there some people there who are like like the disturbed 
like artists we definitely have this it, it goes across like there's definitely a lot of the disturbed artists there were definitely and i really like i loved everyone who was there but like there were everything from like the disturbed artists to the people who were like very much like no no i'm doing college and i'm doing college right um okay so there I, were people in the school that were like no we're we're here to fuck shit up exactly and i also think the theater department itself because it's it was like nine in my class i think there were by the time people dropped and everything so it was nine in mine like 11 in the year above me and so it ended up being like 50 actors and then there are like the directors and the tech people so it ends up being pretty big but the party stayed very insular but Mm -hmm. they did a lot so it was a very unique and not an experience that i think most of like the university had yeah and you could still go seek that if you wanted to i didn't even know how to begin seeking it if i would have wanted to talk about it so when you get have you partied at all once you get to college have you like drank and like gone out or are you very much like haven't even experienced any of that oh i definitely i definitely have there are definitely a selection of nights where i'm like uh and by a selection i mean Several. Right. <laughs> well, that's another sneaky thing, too, is a lot of people think like they look at because I, I was a chameleon in high school because I didn't have a lot of friends. So like some days I would hang out with like because I was an IB, which is like a very high level program. So sometimes I'd hang out with like all the smart kids yeah. and then sometimes I'd hang out with the football players and then sometimes I'd hang out with like the stoner skater kids. And so it was like this weird eclectic group. And I noticed that like. Some of the smart, like, bookworm kids got down. Yeah. Because they didn't know how to, like, get this stress out from, like, oh, my God, my life is ruined if I get a B. So then once they discovered drinking and drugs, they were like, oh, this is the only way I can let go. So that's why I'm curious because – and. I'm sure in a lot of people's heads is there's the trope and the stereotype of like, oh, you know, we got to we got to go rehearse. We got to go do this. And you were like, no, that's not that's not actually how that works. No, it's not like I never I do did like drugs or anything. That, and that's just me. But like just about everyone in art school does, which yeah. I don't think comes as a surprise. But also as far as like the party scene goes, like it was insane. Like theater parties got so intense we had a party themed anything for money uh, <laughs> <laughs> where the seniors that year to like raise money for their showcase they print out fake bills with their faces on it and yeah. the idea is that you spend the night like they also i forget how they actually end up raising real money in any way but there's like a way but you would just go around paying people to do things with the fake money and that, yeah, that's it's exactly what it sounds like. It's not like. illegal if it's fake money. It's not illegal if it's fake money. Um, but yeah, so that <laughs> that's just like a little example of so like things when did, that When did happen. it start? When did you start drinking? Uh, you said in high school, obviously. So when, like freshman year, senior year, like when did that? Oh, not, I actually didn't drink in high school. I started okay. drinking in college. Okay, so the... Were you in? Were you going to any of the high school theater parties, or was that something that all happened in college? I went to the high school theater parties, and there... <laughs> I decidedly didn't drink. I actually had like a group chat of people that were like, oh my God, so cool. We're going to go and not drink. <laughs> like, We actually, when I say a group chat, I mean, we made a Facebook group. <laughs> you can say it. Yeah. It's a safe space. And it was titled, Cause We Don't Ugh. Be Drinking. And, uh... That's what it was called? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, that's the name of the episode. <laughs> Cause We Don't Be Drinking. And I think that's also like, I know you were saying that by the time you were the youngest like with your twin and by the time it got to you your parents had kind of like relaxed on a lot of things but you were like I don't really want to do anything anyway and I think that's how it is for my youngest sister but I'm the oldest yeah so 
I still didn't want to do anything, but there were still levels of things where I'm like, okay, come on. Like you're being like, let me, I would like to have some semblance of a, like go do some things. Of a Um, social life. Yeah. So I would get into these, like, I, I genuinely didn't drink. Like I was not doing anything. I was like, I would just like to go to the cast party for a midsummer night's dream, you know? (laughs) The not drinking. You said it was, it was a decision that you had made. Was that for any particular reason? I was, I am so, like, I was so anxious about breaking, like, any rule ever. Because also, not only about, like, (laughs) my parents finding out, but just on the baseline of, like, I only saw it in me getting arrested. Like, I didn't see a night going forward and being like, well, I'm arrested now. (laughs) Can't go to college. I failed. Oh, that's it's so funny you say that because I've brought it up on the show a bunch. But because I've been arrested eight times. So the first time you get arrested, you're like, my life is over. Like, this is it. A Shawshank Redemption. Here we go. I'm Andy Dufresne. Uh, and, and then the second and third time, you're kind of like, I've been through this before, so I'm not as scared. The fourth and on, you're just like, yeah, come on. Let's go. Let's get this over with. Like, lock it up. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> and so that's always interesting to me because if you don't break the barrier of getting arrested a bunch, it's very easy to be like, I, there's nothing I can do to put myself in that position. Like, I cannot do that. Like, that's so bad. But once you, this is why it's so easy to become a repeat offender. Because once you start doing it and you realize like how fucked the system is, you're just like, all right, like whatever, like what? I'm gonna spend a week in jail. Like who cares? Like let's go. Yeah, I'll tell you after my third time to see if (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna get you there. We're gonna get you there. Um, I'm probably gonna fall off the wagon here and then. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, So. You decidedly don't drink at these parties because we don't be drinking. Because we, we don't be drinking. It was a really cool group of people. We but we lost we lost some people along the way. Oh yeah, they decided. Oh, I be drinking. I be drinking. <laughs> hey, it's um yeah. Sometimes you can't resist it. That's true. So then you get to, so you still had a semblance of a social life every once in a while. And were you when you'd go to these parties and watch like everyone else getting fucked up for lack of a better term, were you like, Oh, thank God I don't do that. Or was there something in the back of your head? That's like, Oh, maybe one day I'm going to try this. Uh, it was like one of those, uh, not real. I didn't really think about it too much at the time. I, cause I really didn't want to Yeah. is, and also with the way my, my high school was huge. And so the people in theater there, we, there were like 40 of us mm-hmm. even in high school. So it was still very insular. Like my exact friend group and like who we were was always there. So it was never even a thing where, and also we were at rehearsals together literally every day after yeah. school until like four o'clock or later. Mm-hmm. So everyone's very comfortable with each other. So I never even felt that kind of pressure I've, I've heard about where it's like, Oh my God. But like, if I don't drink, I won't fit in and be cool. It's like everyone here knows me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You're already, that's yeah. true. I felt the same way with, when I would on occasion go to parties with the football, I would basically invite myself to parties with the football team and everyone knew I didn't drink. And I talked about this with Joe list, but it was just kind of this understood thing like Tassif doesn't drink and they would ridicule me and stuff. But it was one of those things where it was already understood and I knew all these people. So it's not like, Oh, I have to fit in. Like I have to drink. So everyone thinks I'm cool. Like everyone, yeah. like we spent so much time together working out and practice and all that stuff that I was just like, Oh, I don't like, I guess it doesn't matter. I mean, I I guess I did care because obviously that's where all this comes from. But <laughs> like, I guess it's one of those things where it's just like, oh, you guys know me. Like, I don't have to impress. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. So for you, it was very much like, all right, well, we don't drink. They know I don't drink. So I'm just not going to drink like you guys. Like, I'm, it's Carly. Like, you guys know me. Yeah, exactly. And no one cared. And like my closest friends, it would be like. 
like they didn't either and even after this like I was always staying at a friend's house after and that wasn't because I was hiding that I was drinking or something but it's my parents like if the show ended at 10 my parents were, were like we will pick you up at 10 30 I'm like we won't be there by 10 30 yeah. so like they were always mad at me for like staying at my friend's house even though she wasn't drinking either yeah. at the time um but I my my friends who were because also at that point in high school at least among my people my, my people um they were like oh my god I'm going to drink and we're like okay cool do it and so we're like oh good for you <laughs> like that's more the energy take notes so we all know what happens yeah, exactly like, write it down <laughs> step by step analysis of what's, what's going process? on yeah, yeah exactly so when you get to college when was the first time you decided like let me try this like the first time I actually think I got I drank in my freshman year, but I probably think the first time I got like drunk was my sophomore year. Okay. What happened? Set the scene. <laughs> this is a big thing. This is the first time. My, uh, my, the first time I got actually like, I, I, is this true? I think it's true. Like we had gotten, I had gotten like kind of drunk in dorm, not like really somewhere in between, yeah. but tipsy after, is the word you're looking t- for. Yeah. Oh yeah. It is the word. Thank you so much. Um, but what it was also is that. This is not a drag in any capacity. We are on excellent terms. So nice. What a lovely human being. I dated the same guy for three years and we broke up right uh, after winter break of my sophomore year. Of college. Of college. So you dated senior year into college. Uh, junior year into college because okay. it was like halfway and halfway. Yeah. Um, oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, it was great. Did uh, he go to UConn as well? He did go to UConn as well. Okay. Um, and Makes it easy. Yeah, it does. Nice. Did he go to UConn because of you? No. Okay. And I would like to make that so abundantly clear. Tell them. So, so clear. He did not because I even was like, do not go to this school because I'm going here. Don't do that. That's dumb. And he was like, oh, it's a great school. So, I mean. No, exactly. And he was like, yeah, no, no, I won't. I'm. That's not why it's happening. And I was like, you sure? And he was like, it's not. And I was like, that's, that's relieving. Because also, personally, <laughs> I don't think emotionally I could have taken that pressure as a human well, being. Obviously, he knows that. So even if he did, he's not going to tell you. <laughs> that's true. That's a fair point. No, he's really like such a nice person. Um, But the, but we broke up then because we were just like, what are we doing? Like we were. 20 and people were like oh are you guys gonna get married and it was like that's too southern for me (laughs) i (laughs) i can't do that like no and so i think then was really a moment of being like oh my god i've just been in this like very steady very normal relationship like i just want to do like the quote unquote wild thing while like i'm here you know you're saying that is hilarious i know (laughs) you come across as a wild thing person it is true i know i get chaotic though i have my chaotic moments. chaotic evil or chaotic good i think i think i'm chaotic i think i'm chaotic good with like flares of chaotic evil where it's like so chaotic neutral yeah all right. Yeah, yeah, it's actually a kind of a perfect chaotic neutral where like I'll lean in like ooh. That's where the red hair comes from. Exactly. So sophomore year, mm-hmm. you break up with your boyfriend, and then how long after until you're like we're getting fucked up tonight? It was literally, I think the day. The fir- no. That would have been awesome. That would have been crazy. We're just like, "Let's go." Uh, you hang up the phone and you're like, well, cat's out of the bag now. Here we're we go. Done. Actually, the way we broke up was we we planned the day we were going to break up. This should tell you how. Okay, here we go. <laughs> we were like, okay, because really there, there was not a single thing wrong, but it was just a thing where we were like, oh, we should probably like at least spend experience. A, yeah, like yeah. spend a year where we're not with each other 
And so we were so like, it was completely amicable. It was it was like 100% amicable. We hung out that entire day, and we were like, okay, so on this date, that will be the last day we are dating. And I got like dinner with his parents that night. It was the worst. Like, what a weird decision. Or the best. Or the best. I mean, to be honest with you, um, I had a similar experience, not to the T, but with me and my ex fiance, because I just couldn't stop drinking. And we both came, well, both. she came to the conclusion where she was like, listen, this would work and everything would be great. The first year we dated when you were sober, everything was fantastic. And, you know, we were planning on getting, we are planning on getting married. But if you can't stop drinking, then I can't be here. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those things where it wasn't like a drop down, drag out fight. It wasn't like this big thing. I just was very sick and I just could not get better. And she was like, yeah, I can't do this. Yeah. And so, again, it wasn't one. Of, it was one of those things where, like, her lease was up. We had planned the date. I was going to help her move back home. And it was incredibly heartbreaking. But at the same time, it was very much like, oh, no, this is the right thing to do. Totally. And honestly, I like I joke that it was like the worst, but it's it's so much better than it being like, no, like he he and I are like we we've still we still talk like I still yeah, we have mutual yeah, friends. His girlfriend's lovely. Shout out to her. I love her. Um, but it's like there. It's so much better to be like, oh, you know what? This is just amicable this is great yeah well and it's also one of those things too where because i've experienced the other way with me and my most recent ex where same thing where it's just like i'm we're both kind of like yeah this isn't working yeah and it was you know it took four years for us to get there which you know i learned so much about myself and different things like that but it was one of those things where it's like oh yeah this just isn't working Mm -hmm. so it's just like yeah let's just because i've i don't think i've ever been in a breakup where it was like a fuck you no fuck you no fuck you and then storm out like i don't think as much as i drank and as aggressive as people think i am like i've never been in that situation yeah i don't i don't think i've ever been in that situation either (laughs) shocking (laughs) so you do the date Uh uh-huh and then you get dinner with the family and then you decide this is over. And then how much longer until the, the, the epic party? It was probably like one week and then we were back at school. And then I just remember I got. I love how I can get up and you're just like because you're so perfect. You're just zoned in. You're like, no, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> like you're not getting me. I think it was because it was either maybe it was right before we broke up because it was planned. This is not interesting. I don't really remember the first time I got really drunk, I, but I do think it was like around this time. Yeah. In sophomore do you remember year. the part? Do you remember any of it? I do. It was okay. at this house because um, we had like people who lived in these houses off campus. And then it, it was at dad house, which later became mom house because three of the guys from the acting department lived there. And then later me and two of my friends took it over and we called it mom house slash. Because we're a family. Because we're a family. Because we're a family. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then I just remember, like, really, I just remember getting really drunk at it. I don't remember. Did you, now, was it a conscious decision? Were you like, I'm going to get drunk? Or were you like, oh, I'll have a drink, and then that turned into... It was, I think it was more of just like a, it was more of a going along with the ending, the relationship or like with that ending i think it was just an increasing level of being like okay we're gonna let go at a certain point or we will forever regret that we didn't have a point in our life where we were just like ah fuck it yeah yeah no who are you talking to that's all of my 20s and yeah the the whole decade was me being like ah fuck it i'm in my 20s no exactly and i so i really think that's what it was like it was less of a like and i do think there was more of an incline which is why it's hard to be like oh this point because i know i like drank sometimes freshman year but i think the moment of like finally being like ah fine yeah. like it was was then where it was like you know what if we're gonna make i would ra- so much rather have events and mistakes i talk about now or like have happened like it, it would be more of a mistake to do nothing yeah in so, the end all you have are your stories yeah exactly so. and i think that's 
So it's kind of, it's again, hard to be like, oh yeah. And this is what happened. So it was more of a like, oh, you know, I've consumed more than I have previously done. <laughs> I suppose this is something that I do now sometimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's also funny, like getting into it a bit, not like later than other people, because also the bad part about it, I will say, is that you don't know your own limits as well as other people do. Yeah. Like they're 21 and you're like, ah, but it's legal now. And they're like, yeah, but we figured this out earlier. Years ago. <laughs> Years ago. <laughs> um, you're in the bathroom, like throwing up and they go, Carly, couldn't you have tried it at least a little in you, high school? Couldn't you have practiced? Like that would be way more convenient <laughs> for Just us. Being at home, drinking by yourself. And they go, what are you doing? Like, do you have a problem? And you go, no, I'm practicing. I'm taking my notes. I'm figuring it out. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure Leave me out to my process. Just figuring out how to do this. No, it was really a thing where I was just like, listen, we just have to figure out how to like let go and be normal. Because I know how I have it in my brain that I could have just like not been like, no, no, it'll be fine this whole time. And I'm like, no, I think it's better that we're like, ah, let, it gets messy and then we can unmessy it, you know? Yeah, because it, well, and it's also one of those things too where I've met people like doing this show. I've invited people on and they go, oh, I, I've never drank before, which kudos to them. I couldn't imagine a life not doing that. But at the same time, like I, I have a friend who is a uh, not a friend, but someone I kind of know who has a very popular podcast and they always end it the same way. They ask, OK, what advice would you give to your 16 year old self? And in my head, when I first heard that question, I was always like, oh, I would always like if I was ever on the show, I know what I'd say. I'd say, don't drink, don't ever drink because it just oh, destroyed my life, almost killed me. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, oh, that's not like all of my material comes from as a storyteller comes from getting in those situations. So like I wouldn't have 90% of my set if I didn't ever drink. So it's like, then I wouldn't have ever even done comedy. So it's like one of those things where it's like, no, like if we're going to go, like let's fucking go. And that's what you experience a little later, but you still got there. Yeah, exactly. And I, I totally agree where it's like everything you do kind of makes you who you are. And it like, yes, within reason and like, don't <laughs> like, but I think that don't murder people. Don't don't murder. Don't be like ah, may as well. Like, <laughs> but then I'll get get that first jail time at least. Um, yeah. Then I'm on to two and three. Yay. Well, but, <laughs> with that amount of jail time, you can skip two and three. Oh, thank goodness. Phew. <laughs> but the <laughs> doing five years for accidental manslaughter, you you level up. You like exactly. You're like a mew two at that point. You're like a TikTok. No, I don't want to say that. No, I never, we hate TikTok here. We hate TikTok here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's just so confusing with the algorithm. I have friends that post stuff and then they get hundreds of thousands of followers. And I'm like, I post stuff constantly and have like 12. Like, no, what's it, happening? It makes no sense. The algorithm is makes literally zero sense. So we're getting off track. Oh, yes. Let's focus. So then you start drinking and then it, this becomes a normal thing. And when does stand-up come into play? Because you said you started before you moved to New York. So do you start doing comedy while you're in acting school? Yes, I did. Okay. I don't really ca count it as my official start. Yeah. Because um, really what happened was I was in acting school. Oh, yeah. And that's <laughs> uh, I was in school for acting. I was also like writing a lot. And then I... Old habits die hard. You old know? habits die hard. I know. I was like, I'm going to double major in English. And they're like, you have literally not a second of time in your schedule. And I was like, I'm going to minor in English. And they were like, <laughs> fine. Um, and I... Um, was in like I people just kept telling my friends because I really was in college when John Mulaney was like very big like when, I think his yeah, second special John Mulaney yeah yeah New like, in I mean, town. yeah like he's obviously he's still John Mulaney and he's like huge yeah. but 
that I remember starting to hear about him in high school and then in college it felt like everyone was talking about him all the time and I had a lot of friends who were always like oh my god like John Mulaney we started talking about Dimitri Martin I actually saw and then I saw Jim Gaffigan like there were just like stand-up comedians that kept like coming up and stuff and my friends were like you should try stand-up like you should totally try stand-up like that's what you should do because I am just like as has been previously foretold like an awkward gal I get into like some pretty weird situations and like that's most of my personality you talk about like some of your dating stories and hookup stories and stuff on stage and it's like what what is happening yeah like all three of them and they're all weird (laughs) all three of them (laughs) the Shakespeare one got me though oh my god I know when someone DM'd you about Shakespeare and your friends are like no he's trying to like get back together with you and you're like wait how is that how do you put that with that like how do those things combine I I don't even know uh but yeah it's really crazy um but the um the whatchamacallit oh I was uh but they were like you should try stand-up you should try stand-up and I were you listening because you mentioned Jim Gaffigan John Mulaney these were all really big obviously huge comics but were you listening to them as a fan or were your friends listening going you should try this I was listening as a fan like I started getting like they started listening to it and then they were like oh Carly you should watch this and I was like oh sure like okay. I like fitting in and so I <laughs> so I for us it was Dane Cook when Harmful yeah. Swallowed came out this is back when you would burn CDs when I was in high school and everyone burned it and would pass it around in high school and that was like the thing but I been in love with comedy since I was 12 so I knew about it before everyone else but what happened with your friends happened very similarly with like a lot of people I knew in high school when Dane released his first album was everyone was like what like have you heard this and they kind of like spread like wildfire so for you guys it was Mulaney and Gaffigan and those people and you're like oh let's check it out and then what pushed you to be like okay I'm gonna do it because your friends can say whatever they want but ultimately it's you who has to get on stage that is true and I think it's a thing where it was like always I I started kind of just like writing jokes and stuff down but I was terrified to do them in person but then we have this thing in finals week or we had this uh, called like night of theater where everyone in the department, like we take one of the studios and it's basically just like a talent show slash party that where everyone just performs whatever they want. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was like, fine, I'm going to try stand up. Like I'm going to do it okay. biting the bullet. Like we're going to try it. And I was like to the guy who was like hosting the night, he was a senior who was stoned. And I was like, I am so nervous. Do not put me at the end. And he was like, no, no, no. Yeah. I won't. I won't do it. Yeah. Like I got you. I got you. Like it's totally fine. I was like, almost like dead last and I was like oh my god but then it went like why were you just because you were so scared you didn't want to sit with that feeling yeah I didn't want to sit with that feeling and I also wanted it to be something where it was like great awesome I went and now someone doing something better okay, hooray yeah, like yeah. give people the rest of the night to like yeah. forget the old bait and switch exactly I went up but hey look at that and look over there thank you so much um but then it like went I'm sure like it didn't go like that well, but like also that's it's such a supportive room. I was going to say, were people. all your friends there? Was everyone like, exactly. Hell yeah. like it's, I, you know, every, I know everyone in the room. So it was like, it's, I love that. It's like, um, and I, by I love that. I mean like for you, I love that for you, in the moment. <laughs> but it's people actually make their start in comedy doing that like doing bringer shows and just bringing all their friends. Sometimes they'll get years in and they've never actually like bombed because they don't do my, they just do bringer shows and bring all their friends because they have a very supportive community. And to me, that's hilarious because they don't know what real bombing feels like. And it's like, Oh, this is going to destroy you. Like this is going to break you, but it's also good. 
because I've had a lot of people on, especially comics, and we always talk about the same thing where if you go up and that first show goes even relatively well, you're like, oh, I'm going to do this. Like, this is what I want to do now. But if it goes horribly, I've also had people on where they're like, no, I quit for like uh, Veronica Garza, who was just on last week, was like, oh, I moved to New York and I was already doing comedy, did one open mic, bombed. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to do comedy anymore. And then eventually she got back into it. But it's one of those things where depending on that first show, it can either make or break your entire trajectory. Totally. And I think it's so I'm always shocked by people who are like, yeah, I went up there, I bombed and I was in it for life. And I'm I like, could. Yeah, I can't. I'm like, what? I that, That's what happened to me. But I was so drunk at the time. I was just like, that was fun. <laughs> like, perfect. Yeah, nailed it. <laughs> yeah, I like it went well. Like, And I really just think it was that first moment of getting up there and being like, I bit the bullet. I did it once. Like, yeah. at least then the second you do it the first time, or at least for me, it was like, OK, like I understand the shape of this and i know i have the ability to get a laugh well and you're comfortable on stage at this point you're not that's the one thing that's weird we were talking about it earlier with the social anxiety but people can be so blown away about us on stage and i go it's a different thing like once i'm on stage and i grab the mic out of the mic stand like this is home like this is where i i always am like this is where i want to be it's like so different when you get off stage because it's like no this is different and people go, oh, I, I can't talk to people. Like, I can't public speak, which to me is bananas because yeah. it's like it, I never thought of it like that. Like, I never thought of it as public speaking. I thought about it as like like the room itself is almost an amorphous thing. Like, I don't think of it as like 100 individual people. I just think of it as the room. That is such a good point because I, I same like I don't think of it as like, oh, I'm talking to. 100 people it's like no no i'm just talking to the room yeah and they're and hearing it <laughs> there are times and probably my worst bombs is when i hone in on one person i don't know if this has ever happened to you but sometimes i'll be at a show and i will be going and then i'll notice like two or three people that won't laugh everyone else is having a great time everyone else is laughing and instead of focusing on the 99 percent of the room or the 97 percent of the room having a good time i focus on like the two or three that aren't and i'm like oh i'm gonna get them to laugh and I've and those lead to the worst bombs because now I am public speaking. Now I am just focusing on these two or three people, but I'm not doing crowd work or like a fun way to like get them to laugh and engage. I'm literally just telling jokes to this one person. Yeah. And it's like if they don't like you or your style or they just aren't vibing with you, then they're not going to laugh. And then when you focus in on them, it's more of like make me laugh clown and then now they're definitely not gonna laugh <laughs> there's no way they're cracking a smile everyone else is like what is happening and those have been some of my worst bombs but for the most part i just think of the room as the room which is something you're already comfortable with because you've been doing acting since you were in third grade yeah so it's it really has always been like that was never the part that freaked me out like i don't even know what it is about stand-up that was like oh this feels different yeah and like even actors will be like Oh my gosh, like I could never. I'm like re- like I think you can, but there is that first kind of terror in the combination of like performing your words where you're just That's you. what I was going to say. That's the difference. Yeah. That's why a lot of actors I'm sure would say like, "Oh, I couldn't do that" because not only is it your acting, you know, your your stage presence and all that, but it's also what you thought of. And I've met a lot of actors. Not all of them can think, if you know what I'm Not saying. Not <laughs> brains. They're very weaponized. Point and shoot, point and shoot. Yeah. No, it's true. And I think that that's part of, a big part of what it was. But it was definitely that. So it was so much of a, like, just, like, bite the bullet and try it. Um, and then that was enough to be like, oh, you know what? Like, I'll do this sometimes. Yeah. And I didn't really 
but I don't really consider that my like I did I had one of two of my best friends actually were both kind of doing stand-up at the time and so one of them once in a while would go and do mics in Connecticut mm-hmm. and they'd be like oh you should come and I was like ah sure and then my other friend uh would she would be like oh I'm actually gonna drive to New York and like do comedy and I was like ah sure how far is UConn from New York it's about three hours okay but she's also from a similar area at like in our hometown that I'm from New York so, State yeah or okay. like uh, Connecticut okay um so we would even when we were just both home, like go in. And I remember the, one of the first mics in the city I ever went to, this was either the first or the second. But again, this is like before I officially consider that I like started doing yeah. comedy. She was so you're like, different than me. I got on stage drunk in 2009 and I was like, I've been doing it for like 12 years. <laughs> year breaks in between and massive time off. And you know, obviously drugs, arrest, rehabs, but I'm just like, no, nah, I've been doing comedy for like almost 15 years now. Everything. People are like, why aren't you better? <laughs> well, you should be a lot better. <laughs> should be way better <laughs> everything in it is just like no no i've been gathering material yeah. <laughs> that's what it all it all counts <laughs> it all, yeah it all counts yeah so you're driving in and what were you gonna say the second mic oh it's like one of the earliest mics i did was actually a laughing buddha mic what at, year was this 2018 might have been 18 okay. that sounds right um see i don't just listen i listen you listen i'm tracking sorry <laughs> echolocating like a bat, you know? <laughs> I was going to say dolphin, but yeah. Do dolphins echolocate? Yeah, there was literally a video game called Echo about a dolphin. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. It was on Sega Genesis before your time. God, I'm so old. All right. Um, second <laughs> mic in the city. Oh. From a laughing Buddha. Oh, and you know what? It had to have been 2018, actually, because I was... No, actually. Sorry. Whatever it was, I was 20. Yes, so it had to actually have been like 2017, 17. 2017 or 2018. And my friend's driving us in and she's my age, but she's like, I was like, are they going to card us here? And she's like, no, no, they never card me. But I look so young. Yeah. Like I know. When you said you were aging out of spinsterhood, when you first told that joke, I was like, there's no way you're 26. Yeah. I was like, I thought you were like 20. Yeah, I, I get that a lot. I, I was doing a comedy show on Saturday in... um out of town and I was flex <laughs> truly not I promise but I was walking in and I because it was part of this like contest thing and I didn't have my like festival badge out and I walked over and then I was like oh sorry and I took the badge out for the festival he was like oh wait you're in the festival I was about to card you like to not <laughs> let me into the comedy club wow. but back so back then you can imagine I was 20 and I'm like I looked even younger. Yeah. So I'm like, you're with me. They're going to cardio. And she's like, no, 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 they won't. We got there. Of course, immediately they're like, okay, can we see some IDs before you go downstairs? And we both just like looked at each other and did some of the most progressive gaslighting I've ever done in my life, um, which was we were both just like, we don't, we don't drive. Why, why would we have identification on us? That's crazy. That's a crazy, why, why would we have IDs? And the guy was like, well, no, you have to have IDs. And we're like, we don't, we've never, why would we ever carry identification? And we could. Oh, you said you were on vacation? No, like we, we were like, we wouldn't carry IDs because we were New Yorkers. Well, okay, that's what you were trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we talked enough circles around him that he eventually got so confused that he was like, okay, fine. I can't give you alcohol. And we're like, that's fine. <laughs> and then we like, so we just why talked our way downstairs. Why you just say we're comics? We're coming to do the show. 
because they weren't even letting comics downstairs without an ID for oh, some okay. reason. Like it was something weird. So we were like, well, if they get raided, they're going to be in trouble. That's true. So yeah, yeah we really, luckily they didn't get in trouble. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we just, that was like probably the, one of the first few mics I did. So here gaslighting. Yeah. How did it go? How did the mic go in the city? Oh, that I, th- I remember that one being fun. Like the ones I did in the city were early on. Like I just got lucky because either they were, like, I got a few laughs, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, these are good. Yeah. Or they were ones where they... Um, Just got off the rails? Yes. And I, like, it was kind of nice... It's always nice. fun to see you go off the rails. Exactly. And it's like watching people who, who were just up there talking about some of, like, the most hateful stuff you've ever heard. Yeah. And it, it was just such a reassuring moment of, like, well, you know what? Like, if they're doing it, I can do it, That's, too. You'd you know? be shocked how many people say that on this show where they... <laughs> The first time they try comedies, they go to an open mic and they go, well, if this fucking person's doing it, yeah. there's no way I can't. I'm funnier than all of these people. I've had people say that. They've gone to open mics and they're like, <laughs> I'm funnier than all of these people. And I'm like, all right, well, that's that's ballsy. But. Like, okay, that's brave. <laughs> yeah. One, I think this may have been genuine. This, she knows. I'm like such a big fan of her. She was just on our show. And I think I've like fangirled over her way too much. Who but, is this? Uh, Maggie Lally. Okay. Um, One of the first open mics I ever did was at Auto Shrunken Head. And this was back again, pre me counting that I've started comedy. Yeah. And I was there and it was me. Like there were like five women at this open mic and this guy gets up. And that's a lot. That, yeah. Like literally. I'm like, not even being sarcastic. Yeah. New like, York open mic. That's a lot. And this guy recognized that he gets up and he's like, oh, shit. I didn't think there were going to be this many women here. I can't tell any of my jokes. What? I've been counting. Actually, I've gotten that about five times at different open mics. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. 100. They're like, oh, wait, there are women here. I can't tell my jokes. And she, and I'm like so new. I'm like the most new. I'm still like, the, hey, newest. Yeah. the, the newest I could be. She got up and spent her entire set absolutely destroying, destroying him. It was the best. And she's like, like, and now looking back, she was just like, I can't tell a single one of my jokes. Like, I can't do it. Like, now look, like, I see what she, like, did. Yeah. But then I was like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. And she had everyone just, like, dying. And I think that's a big thing. And I was like, that was awesome. And yeah. I'm still here. So, like, that was such a, like, moment where I'm like, wow, that was so cool. So that w- that was, like, one of the pivotal moments in comedy for you. That was, yes. like, a turning point. That made it just, like, because if it had just been that guy, I'd be like, well, this is kind of all around depressing. But, like, yeah. she was the first person that I met in comedy or just saw that I was like you're awesome cool awesome people exist here that's it's always cool when you meet those people in person because obviously with Netflix especially now you can see them on TV whenever you'd like but when you actually meet them in person and then the coolest thing is that they're even like there's some comics that I've met here and some of them can be you know they're not the nicest people off stage and for good reason you know they're busy they you know they're huge they don't don't have time to waste on you know basically people they see as open micers even though I would argue that that's not what I am but that's okay (laughs) Um, but it's interesting because some of them are the opposite. Some of them are so cool. Like I had, obviously I've talked about it at nauseum, but I had Joe list on and I, I remember going to the mic that Wednesday and like four people came up to go, how the fuck did you get Joe list on? Like, this is insane. I go, he's, I don't know. I'm a comic. He's a comic. We're both sober. We had stuff in common. He's a cool guy. And like, just said he would come up like, like, I don't, and it's that, Moving to New York, we were talking about it earlier, but there's so many times where I'm like, oh, I need to quit and go home. Like, this is not going to happen. And then moments like that happen, and you go, oh, no, I'm in it. I'm one of them. Like, yeah. I'm in the gang. Like, I'm a New York comic. 
and it's bananas. When was so that was probably one of the moments where you realized that, like, oh, I'm here, I'm doing it. That was definitely a moment. Well, because that was again still kind of before I was like, okay, like I'm doing comedy. Yeah. It was more like because comedy was also something that with because I was always doing I did improv like all through high school and everything. Like I, I that was goes always uh, like obviously <laughs> like I. Always loved improv. I loved comedy. And I had, like, teachers both, like, from high school and professors from college that were, like, you should do comedy. Like, that's your way into, like, just the, like, as yeah, an avenue arts, to yeah. do acting and stuff. They were, like, that doesn't mean you can't do the other stuff, but focus here because, like, that will be a better way in for you. Since the one person show, I've actually gotten the reverse where people go, really, that's, this is what you're supposed to do. This. Because the people who came out and saw the show, some of them are very good friends of mine who are big comics and they saw the show and they go, no, this is your thing. And I go, but I want to do comedy. They go, fuck this. This is what you're supposed to do, which is awesome because it's all about it's still comedy. It's just not traditional stand up, but it's mm-hmm. still comedic in what it is. But it's also one of those things like you're saying with acting where you're like, no, but I want to act. And they go, no, no, no. Fuck that. Do this. Yeah. It was the same thing where they're like, no, no, no. Fuck stand up. Like, you need to be doing this. And mm-hmm. I was like, but I don't want to. <laughs> This is this isn't what I came here for, but it's weird. Art is so fluid. Like there's so many different avenues in, and then all you need to do is get the, a little bit of a following, and then you'll start getting book places. It's funny. I have host another podcast, um, The Power of How, with uh, Matt Fulcheron and Daniel Torado, who are both fantastic comics, and they knew it back before in the before social media times when they were like, "Oh no, you just had to be funny," and then people would pass you, and you'd be at clubs, and that's what your career was. And now it's like, oh, no, you just need to get a following, whether you're funny or not, and then clubs will pass you, and then that's what your career is. It's so bananas how it's just flipped. Yeah. Because now it's like it doesn't even matter anymore. Like you said, you do the sketches and the the, uh, impersonations and stuff, and it's just like, yeah, however you can fucking find it. Totally. And it's like finding that following. I go so back and forth on it because it is like it's so important. Yeah. But it's also something where it's like, okay, but you have to be able to back it up. Yeah, too. it could be so detrimental to your art. Yeah. Like, you just have to keep loving it. Like, I am so, con- I'm genuinely confused by people who are able to post like high quality videos that frequently because it is literally a full time job. It sucks. And I have three different podcasts. Luckily, my sports one, Joe Dorville, my co host, does all this stuff. But then I have this show and then cheers from the press box. Like I said, I like I, you know, I do I do the clips and everything for that show because the other two guys are traveling so much for real comedy. I'm the one who's doing the clips and everything. And it's like, this is impossible. Yeah, this is and I also do. You know, I try to get on stage as much as possible. And then I have my full time job and I'm like, what is happening? Like, this is ridiculous. No, it's absolutely insane. And then having all the different. Like, I also do think, though, that, like, having all the different avenues to be like, oh, here's what I can do. Let me get it out there. It does make it a little less. It kind of changes the gate that's being kept, I guess, Mm -hmm. because it is less gatekeeping in the sense that it's like, oh, you can just post it. Like, no one has to give you permission to do it. Like, you can just put it out there, put it out there. But then the problem is if everyone's just putting it out there like there it's officially oversaturated yeah. like everything's oh, it, out yeah, there yeah it was oversaturated a long time ago but yeah. it is it is cool that you know you and I'm sure you have the same feeling with your podcast where it's like you'll hear people you look up to and respect talk about their podcast and go oh I do I do the same thing like I've got one too like that is always cool yeah like I've done the seller before on a book show, produce show, but it's still cool to be able to tell people like when they go oh the comedy seller it's like yeah I've been there I performed there <laughs> I've been there yeah <laughs> 
Um, I wanted to get into uh, some of the stuff you sent me. I did want to ask you about <laughs> party invite and frisbee. <laughs> whichever order you want to do those in. Um, okay. So you just sent me like one or two words at my behest. So I have no idea where we're going. Okay. So the... <laughs> So the Frisbee party is maybe my favorite party I've ever been to in my whole entire life. Okay, when was this? Set the table. This was my junior year of college. Um, it was my one of my very good friends from improv. Um, hit from my improv team, he was his ultimate Frisbee team was having a formal, which is a sentence as cool as... As, as it can get. As it can get. And I had... And he was like, oh, you want to come? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I had um, callbacks the next day for, like, the next semester of shows. So I, like, couldn't drink at this party. Mm-hmm. Um, but the – so I inst- – so it's like, okay, so, like, what are we going to do here? Because also this is a situation where it's like, oh, I know truly only him. And, like, not – I've not even seen these other people before. Yeah. So, but the thing is, so like I can either be socially awkward or I re- I joke about it on stage, but it really is true. Like I will really go forward without a plan because I think it's far more fun where it's like, ah, oh, you know what? Like, let's just very chaotically lean in. Yeah. And so we spent just about the entire night with him um, pointing out random people at the party who telling me their names. And then I would go up to them and pretend to know them and see how long I could get them to talk to me. Like thinking they knew me. (laughs) John, John, it's me, Carly, you know, from class. No, like literally exactly. But it would be like, Oh my God. So crazy to see you. And 99.9% of everyone was like, Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's college. Nobody has any idea. No one knows. So the thing is like, my friend would tell me like, oh yeah, like she's a this major. And I was like, no, no, I was in like, I think I was in your like communications classes. She was like, oh my God, with that professor. I was like, yes, that professor. Oh, they were the worst. It's like, oh my God, I know. Totally. And so like, we would just have really long conversations. The only person. There was only one. There was only one who was like, no, you're not. And what's so funny is I had actually in real life seen her before. Oh, really? (laughs) Yes. And that was the one who was like, we don't know each other. Yes, because she was in the arts (laughs) building as well. And like all the arts programs are super small, but she was photography, but it's all like in the same building. Yeah. So she was, I was like, oh my God, we had that class together. She's like, no, we didn't. My classes have like five people in them. And I was like, you're right. Actually, actually, in in truth, I've seen you around the arts building. So I am sorry about that. (laughs) That's on me. That's... (laughs) That one's my fault. It's a pleasure to meet you, for real. I'll see you around. Uh, I'm definitely going to see you around. That's for sure. I'll see you all around. Um, In the building. Yeah. But that was... Just watching you from the shadows. Just watch, just lurking, you know? And then it, there was something weird where, like, he was... I don't want to out how, too much of his drama, but... Well, was, I was going to say, how long did people actually... So that's the thing, too. In real life, you can really get people... Because, especially in Florida, between doing comedy, working t- at two popular restaurants, and then going... To like the gym because the gym I went to had like 12 locations. So I would go to different ones all the time. So people constantly would be like, oh, my God, I know you from somewhere. And I'd be like, listen, it's, there's a whole list of places you can know me from. But I would just go with it because I just assumed like, yeah, I've run into this person before. And then when I was drinking, I would try the flip of that. Like when I would try to flirt with a girl, I'd be like, oh, my God, I know you from. And they go, no, no, you don't. And I'd be like, no, 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 the gym. And they go, nope, nope, home gym. Don't go out. Nope. And I'd be like, all right, cool, bye. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> that's, 
that's so funny that it had that it like didn't work so like just immediately. Wow. But I was also like 310 pounds at the time and like reeking of booze. So you just stumble up to someone and you're like, hey, I know you. And they go, no, you don't. Absolutely don't. I really think I am anonymous enough looking that like people forget me who I am constantly, which is not actually a great thing if somebody. Well, I don't think you're that enough. I mean, you've got the hair. I know, but you would be shocked. Hey, yo, Red. (laughs) But like you would be shocked like the number of times people are like, oh, my God, like so nice to meet you in a row before they're like, oh, yeah. Hi, Carly. This is something that bothered me so much when I first moved to New York. And I'm not an intelligent guy. I've got eight concussions. I've got uh, TBI. I've got all sorts of things wrong with me but i am good with faces still it's like a tactile thing and it was one of those things where i would go to mics when i first moved here i'd be at the same mics like three four weeks in a row when i first got here and without fail at least three or four of the people who were regulars at the mic would come in and they go are you here for the mic do you are you you going to the mic and i'd be like i've met you like 17 times like what are you doing And I was like, either people in New York are so self-involved or I just have that kind of forgettable face. And people are like, no, they just are so self-involved. That's just New York. And honestly, you mean, like, the thing is, I never really mind when people forget who I am. Because also, I do it to people. Like, I like things happen. I think there is there is an upper limit of, like, okay, come on. Like, yeah. you should know who I am by now. But the... Sometimes when people forget me the first few times, it's nice because like I have, I'm like, okay, second chance at first impression. Here we go. I do the, um, I do the, uh, I'll give them a leash or rope or whatever you want to say. But like, I'll be like, if I run into a comic, especially a bigger comic who I have met a few times, I will, I will like when I first moved to New York and I ran into Dan Lamore, I was like, Dan, what's up? Brennan from Jacksonville. We did the show together at rain dogs. I don't know if you remember, but you throw out like little indicators to be like, we have met before you do remember this. So then that way they're like, Oh yeah. So even if they don't remember me personally, they remember the show, they remember the venue and then they put two and two together. And it's definitely way easier than being like, Dan, so good to see you. And then they just stare at you like, totally. Uh, what? Yeah, no, and I've gotten, like, that's something I've actually actively been trying to do more when I meet people. It's just like, oh, my God, hi, I know you from here, rather than, like, waiting to field it out. Because it's like, no, you know what? Just give them all the information up front. But as far as um, (laughs) trying to trick women into thinking that they know me at parties, I... Um, Get your notebooks out, gentlemen. Yeah, that's really the best part. You see, I don't know if it would work with guys, no, no. Uh, but yeah, like women can take advantage of drunk women. No, I'm kidding. This is a joke. Like, I'm kidding. Uh, but that's that's how it would work. Because I think so much of what it is is you is it just opening with a way of confidence, like, confidence, like any level of excitement too. Like you, it creating an environment where it's like, oh, I don't want them. Because if somebody come up to me, and this actually has happened where people are like, oh my God, it's great to see you. And you're like, oh, I, I, I guess. Right? Like you'd be kind of a terrible person if you take someone who's like, oh my God, I'm thrilled and honored to see you. And it's like, who? Like, you know what I mean? Like you cannot <laughs> do that. Dickhead. You'd be a terrible person. Meanwhile, I'm the one who is being a terrible person because I'm invoking that in someone else where it's like, oh my God, it's amazing to see you. So you saw it cross their head where they're like, I don't know you. But they're like, hey, yeah. hi. <laughs> and then finally, like they would create a situation where like we create a reality where they were i sound insane right now but it was really just a really fun time (laughs) because they would start to piece it together in their head and then they would be like oh maybe i do know this person have you ever this is something that used to happen to me all the time uh, especially with my drinking have you ever and maybe this is true for acting but have you ever lied so much about a particular thing that that became the truth 
I don't know. Well, there's a big conspiracy yeah. that this is how O.J. Simpson thinks. Like he's lied about not murdering his ex-wife so much that now he, in his brain, it's rewired to where he didn't murder his ex-wife. Like if you gave him a polygraph, he would pass because he said the lie so much that now he believes it. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't know because the thing is, like, while while I have my fun, I like really I don't. I'm not a good liar. I'm a good bit doer. Like yeah. I can commit to a bit very hard, and then it puts it in a separate category. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't think I I don't think I've done that simply because lying give, stresses me out so much. Like I'm really so bad at lying. The pretzel. I'm a You're pretzel. The pretzel. Exactly. We have to stop there yes. just because we've got other stuff to do today. Uh, plug everything one more time. Um, so social media is Carly Palestina. And then check out GPS, a social navigation podcast, and our show on May 1st uh, at Westside Comedy you Club. you roll your eyes as you plug all your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. At Brennan T. Comedy on all social media. BrennanTComedy.com. Check out the one-man show. It will be premiering on Patreon May 31st. Patreon.com slash Brennan And we'll talk to you all next week. Yeah.